Trapcast Express. Tratcast Express, it's Thursday, December 7th, 2017. Who says that the Novus Ordo Church doesn't make converts? Listen to this story from the Catholic Herald today. Quote, An Anglican bishop who was jailed for sexually abusing 18 young men is converting to Catholicism to live and worship in anonymity. Peter Ball, who was Bishop of Lewis and of Gloucester for the Church of England, was jailed for 32 months in October 2015 for offenses dating back to the 1970s. A spokesman confirmed that he has been in talks to join the Catholic Diocese of Clifton, although he is unlikely to take holy orders. The Daily Mail reports that his identical twin brother Michael, who served as an Anglican bishop, sent an email to friends and relatives revealing the plan. The events of the last years, and rightly or wrongly, the battering by the church have totally wearied and reduced us, Michael said. We will probably be joining the Roman Catholic Church soon. We love the Church of England, but would like to end our days in a church where we can live and worship in anonymity and without constant fear. Michael Ball mistakenly sent the message to a BBC journalist who showed it to Peter Saunders, a member of the Vatican Commission for Protecting Minors, unquote. I mean, what do you say to that? It speaks for itself, so let's just move on. The Dictator Pope. That is the title of an explosive new book that was released in English translation this past Monday, December 4th, and it's already a bestseller. An Italian version had been released in November, and according to at least one report, the Vatican is scrambling to figure out who the author is. The name given on the book's cover is Marcantonio Colonna, but that is a pseudonym. Colonna was a military commander who attained great fame in 1571 when Pope St. Pius V made him supreme commander of the papal army in the Battle of Lepanto against the Turks. In any case, the book is causing a ruckus in Rome, in part because it provides information from the highly charged Kolvenbach Report, a dossier compiled in 1991 on Jorge Bergoglio by Father Peter Hans Kolvenbach, who was then the superior general of the Jesuits. Here's an excerpt from the book. Quote, The text of the report has never been made public, but the following account is given by a priest who had access to it before it disappeared from the Jesuit archive. Father Kolvenbach accused Bergoglio of a series of defects ranging from habitual use of vulgar language to deviousness, disobedience concealed under a mask of humility, and lack of psychological balance. With a view to his suitability as a future bishop, the report pointed out that he had been a divisive figure as provincial of his own order. It is not surprising that, on being elected pope, Francis made efforts to get his hands on the existing copies of the document, and the original filed in the official Jesuit archives in Rome has disappeared. Unquote. By the way, the Dictator Pope is only available electronically and not as a print book, and you can only get it from Amazon or simply go to dictatorpope.com. In other news, 
Cardinal Leonardo Sandri recently yelled at Francis in a private audience so loudly that the people outside the room could hear it. We elected you to carry out reforms, not to destroy everything, is what Sandri reportedly said. Vatican journalist Marco Tosati reported the story on his blog, although he merely described and did not identify the cardinal in question. It was the German Vaticanist Giuseppe Nardi who clarified on his blog that the description given by Tosati only fits Leonardo Sandri, who, like Bergoglio, is from Buenos Aires, Argentina. Now, speaking of Buenos Aires, I'm sure you've heard about it by now, Francis has decreed that the endorsement he gave in September 2016 to the explanation of Amoris Laetitia given by the bishops of the Buenos Aires region be considered part of his authentic magisterium. He ordered this in a rescript to Cardinal Pietro Perolin in June of this year, and now the Buenos Aires guidelines, as well as Francis' endorsement, have appeared in the Acta Apostolice Sedis, the Acts of the Apostolic See, which is the Vatican's monthly publication of all official papal and curial texts and decisions. The Buenos Aires guidelines state that Amoris Laetitia, Chapter 8, does permit the reception of the sacraments, in some cases, for unrepentant public adulterers, and Francis wrote in response, quote, The document is very good and completely explains the meaning of Chapter 8 of Amoris Laetitia. There are no other interpretations, unquote. Both the Buenos Aires guidelines and Francis' endorsement are now part of the Acts of the Apostolic See with the explicit decree that they are authentic magisterium, which means that they must be assented to under pain of sin. And this has left conservative novels ordos and semi-traditionalists scrambling to figure out what to do and what to think. In particular, it refutes the pet thesis of remnant columnist Christopher Ferreira, who for many years has been telling us that none of the errors of the Vatican II Church have ever been officially imposed, that it was all just a great facade that made it appear official and binding and magisterial and all that, but actually never was. Here's what he wrote in his 2002 book, The Great Facade, page 66. It's also found in the book's second edition, issued in 2015, on page 60, quote, Satan understands better than any other creature that the magisterium can never officially teach error. We have the divine assurance that the church can never officially teach error, unquote. Well, Francis has definitely blown that idea out of the water, if you assume that he is a true pope, which of course he is not. But of course, that doesn't mean that Ferreira gives up now. No way. No, he maintains now that even though Francis has declared his false teaching to be authentic magisterium, somehow it really isn't. It's basically just a lie. It's an abuse of the magisterium, as Ferreira calls it. But whatever you want to label it, the point is that it somehow doesn't count. Why doesn't it count? Well, the real reason, of course, is that if it did count, then Sede Vacantism would follow and Ferreira doesn't want to go there. He's not a man who begins with Catholic principle and then looks at the evidence and allows that to lead to a necessary conclusion. Oh no, he begins with a desired conclusion, which is 
despite everything, Francis is the real Pope, and then tries to come up with some reasons to support that preconceived conclusion. And if he has to contradict Catholic teaching in the process, well, that's just too bad for the Catholic teaching. The doctor of the church, St. Robert Bellarmine, who also knew a thing or two about the papacy and the magisterium, emphasized in his book On the Roman Pontiff that the nature of the papal teaching authority is such that if God did not prevent it from teaching error, all the faithful would be led into such error precisely because of their divinely mandated duty of submission. Quote, the Pope is the teacher and shepherd of the whole church. Thus, the whole church is so bound to hear and follow him that if he would err, the whole church would err. Unquote. Anyway, we've got a huge article up on our blog at novusordowatch.org slash wire where we discuss all this at great length and refute the latest sophisms and lawyerly tricks from Ferreira and other commentators who, in spite of all the evidence, still try to maintain that Francis is the vicar of Christ. Look for the post published on December 7th, entitled, Novos Ordos in Shock, as Francis declares permissibility of communion for public adulterers' authentic magisterium. As we've pointed out many times before, the papacy has consequences. And one of those consequences is that a true pope cannot do what Francis has done. Check your oven, Mr. Ferreira. Your goose is cooked. Tradcast Express is a production of Novos Ordo Watch. Check us out at tradcast.org. And if you like what we're doing, please consider making a tax-deductible contribution at novosordowatch.org slash donate.